Good morning. This is the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML. Hello, football fans in Hamilton from coast to coast and around the world. My name's Rick Samprin. The fifth quarter brought to you by Rob Golfie with Remax's Cartman Realty, the Golfie team. Phone lines are open. Email is open. Twitter is a buzz. 905-645-3221 is the phone number to dial. If you're on your cell, you can call star 9900. Shoot me an email, rick at 900chml.com. On Twitter, at Rick Samprin at am900chml. We'll dissect tonight's Tiger Cats loss to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Riders 37, Tiger Cats 20, Hamilton now uh oh and 2 few things to talk about. We'll run down the scoring summary of tonight's football game. We're going to get your votes for player of the game. We will also crown our latest fifth quarter fan of the night before all is said and done. One thing to remember, the Ticats came into this ball game uh, off their bye week. They were off for, what was it, 12 days or so? And they did not have a good start. What I'm going to do is, because it's so late in the night slash early morning, is uh, I'm going to hold off on the scoring summary until a little later on in the fifth quarter so we can get you guys and girls on the air, chiming in, tweeting, emailing. Uh, We'll deal with all that before we get to the scoring summary. And and you guys can just uh, be lulled into into a nice sleep. And hopefully your dreams will be much more, well, much nicer than what we saw and what we heard today uh, from Regina. Let's start at the top of the deck, and Milsey will kick us off. Milsey, how are you? Like the other day, it seemed like it was the same thing, Rick. Uh, our defensive backs were weak. Our offense was uh, weak. I feel sorry for uh, Calaris. He's uh, got a very porous uh, offensive line right now. I'm not panicking yet. I mean, we're only 0-2. It's week three. Uh, look at it this way. We've got a game in hand. Um, I feel I feel there's a butt in your sentence coming up here. Oh, there's a lot of butts. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we got them all kicked tonight. <laughs> it was just one of those nights. Uh, it, was, it was a hard game to watch. Um... I mean, even their gopher or whatever he is kept kicking a, um, a stuffed uh, tiger all over the place. Mm-hmm. Gainer the gopher. Yeah. And, um, uh, well, Calaris, I looked at him tonight, and he, he, he looks rusty. Uh, and you can frazzle him a little bit, too. If you get a rush on him and uh, you force him out of the pocket, yeah, he has trouble. I saw a couple bad throws as well. Um, I didn't mind, uh, the replacement for CJ, uh, but, um, no, I didn't mind him at all. I thought he had a, I thought he had a really good game. Uh, Ross Scheuermann is who you're referring to. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Uh, but I'm not panicking. I, I figure we've got, uh, a long season ahead of us and we'll get healthy. I hope. And uh, I think we'll turn it around. So I'm, I'm going to ask all everyone who calls tonight, and, and I'll ask this on Twitter and email as is, is well, is what do you think is the one thing this team has to correct? I think uh, 
D-backs, our defensive backs. Uh, it seems like um, everything everything they put in the air is a score or a big gain. Um, I was looking at the yardage uh, in the third quarter at half, and it seemed like they just they, Kevin Glenn just moved the ball down the field uh, willy-nilly, and it wasn't that much different from Ray two weeks ago. I think it's our D-backs. Offensive line, I think it's going to be people getting healthy and uh, getting them to play again. I thought the best Ticats on the field were the ones wearing green tonight. (laughs) Bakari Grant and Kevin Glenn and Rico Murray and Johnny Sears. You got it. Yeah. I mean, uh, don't forget uh, Peter Diakowski and Bakari. Oh, Bakari Grant. That that upset me so much when we let him go. Yeah. And, I mean, the Justin Medlock thing and everything else, gee, you just can't keep letting guys go. Josh Bartell, another one? Yes, Bartell. Oh, heck, he, he uh, enjoyed kicking tonight. He just looks good. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Steele, another uh, former tie He's a backup. Do you got Lyndon Gaydosh? And, uh, uh, yeah, forgot <laughs> about him all, all together. Yeah, these are tie Cats West. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. It was that. It was it was a hard game to watch. Uh, we've got friends out in Saskatchewan, and of course, I stuck my foot in my mouth. I had to make the phone call before the game, trying to stir the pot a little bit. I know I'm going to be hearing from them about three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> who's your Who's your player of the game? Um. I'm going to give Kevin Glenn the nod. I thought he moved the ball very well. I think uh, there could have been a lot of people uh, on um, Saskatchewan, but I'm going to give it to Kevin Glenn. I really enjoyed watching him move the ball. That one that one interception was the exception, but I thought he controlled the tempo of the game. He even gave it to the referee or to uh, the coach when the coach was asking for a hurry-up offense and they were trying to kill the clock late in the fourth. Mm-hmm. I I was very impressed with his game tonight. Yeah, he played well. Good choice. Milsey, appreciate the call. Uh, enjoy the uh, rest of the weekend. You too. All right, 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. Kevin Glenn throwing for 380 yards tonight. He was uh, 32 of 43 at a couple of throwing touchdowns and a couple of rushing touchdowns and is uh, so far the leading vote-getter on the fifth quarter player of the game tonight. Uh, You can nominate your player of the game by calling, emailing, or uh, going on Twitter. Uh, Use the hashtag fifth quarter. Jack is in Hamilton and is now in the fifth quarter. Jack, good morning. Good morning, Rick. How are you? Not too bad. Thanks for calling. Thank you for for being there. This is my job. I have to be here. (laughs) No, I I love doing this show. Yeah, and and, and we love love you. You love... My God, I can't even speak. We love you. Ha- we love you guys doing it. You know, uh, awesome. CHML, CHML will always be uh, Tiger Talk to me. Anyway, Milsey had some very good points, mm-hmm. and uh, one name that uh, I guess you guys were probably talking about Saskatchewan, but one name you left off that list of what Milsey was saying: we can't let these guys go. Is Greg Ellingson? Oh yeah, from earlier tonight, another couple of great grabs by him. Unbelievable that they would let him walk. Anyway. Well, how about Marquay McDaniel? Another one. Hey, we we can play this game all night. Exactly. 
Anyway, last week I called, and, and uh, one of my first comments was that they're not a very good team, and your response was, well, not tonight. And yeah. I think you could, we could probably say the same thing again. Yeah. You know, they, like, there's, there's so many problems with this, with this team, o- offensive line, defensive backs. But I think the biggest problem is coaching. You know, I am tired. I am very tired of the the, the Kentoston Act. Uh, I think that we need an entire regime change, and that's Scott Mitchell, Tillman, and and Austin. I don't think we'll see uh, Scott Mitchell going anywhere. But you know, I mean, look at the Argos. They're they're what two and one now. Yep. And and where and where were they? Uh, like I can remember free agent free agency day uh, February fourteenth. And they didn't have a coach, they didn't have a general manager, the players didn't want to sign there, you know. And now look at them. Like, they they looked awesome tonight, you know. And we don't. Zach Caleros, I'm not sure that that, that, that he is as good as, as we may have thought he was. You know, I, I, I really don't. Well, I think it's more, you know, in asking what's the biggest issue, I think it's more than just one player, even one position group, really. Caleros hasn't had, a go- hasn't had a good start to the season. The O-line has been quite dreadful. The D-backs, although I thought they played a little bit better today, although they're they're just leaving guys either too wide open or just not challenging for the football. And, yeah, I know there's some injuries to play around with there. But, um, uh, you know, it, starting 0-2 is one thing, but the way they have played in these two losses, I think, is another thing, and you and you mentioned coaching, and here's a statistic that might raise a few eyebrows uh, around uh, you know Tiger Town or even the CFL. Is that Ken Austin's regular season record now with the Hamilton Tiger Cats after this football game is 36 and 38? Not surprised. I'm not surprised by that figure, Rick. I'm really not. You know, if you look at Kent Austin, what has he done? Yes, he won a Grey Cup in Saskatchewan. Now, I I'm not sure. But I won't be surprised if that team was almost in place when he took over, in the sense that they had they had some good talent there. Now I don't know that for sure, but I, like I'm saying, it, it won't surprise me. He went to uh, Ole Miss, he became the offensive coordinator. I don't know what happened while he left there. He ended up at Cornell. He didn't have a good record there. He came here. Yes, took us to two Grey Cups. But I think you'll agree with me that those two years, the East was very very weak. You know, mm-hmm. Montreal was on the downswing. Toronto was, they were okay. But you know what? The Cats could always beat Toronto, no matter what the records yeah. are. We can throw the records out. When, when when the Cats play the Argos, anything can happen, and usually it's in the Cats' favor. Well, here here's, uh, you know, I, I totally agree that the East was weak, and I think still is weak, is that, you know, the Ticats won the division with a record of 10-8. and eight. Exactly. Who's your player of the game tonight? I got to go with Kevin Glenn. I think. Good choice. I, yeah, and you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a Tiger Cat fan, but you know what? I'm not disappointed at, at this loss because I'm really hoping that this means that there's going to be a regime change. We have seen outstanding uh, coordinators like uh, Tommy Condell. Now, I know they said it was a family health issue, but I, I don't believe that, and I don't think anybody does. And then he, a year later, he ends up in Toronto. I think there was a falling out between him and Austin. Yep, yep. And, and uh, he walked out, or, or he was fired, probably. And now, what have we got as an offensive coordinator? I'm not uh, picking on Stefan Patak, but, you know, Kent Austin, he, he's a control freak. And, you know, I'm so tired. If you, if you ever watch the videos of him 
when he's uh, being interviewed after a game, and Drew Edwards from The Spectator, who I have a great deal of respect for, asks him a question. He's always got that grin on his face like he's patronizing. I'm like, oh, here comes another stupid question. And, you know, I, I'm just so tired of the guy. And, you know, and, and Steinauer, okay, if I, I suppose if I were a defensive coach and I had the chance to go back home and then Fresno State, I'd probably go. But Ryan Bull. I called this way back when, when he when he was named. His his record has been horrible as a defensive coordinator when he was with Montreal, and then he was in Winnipeg, and that was a bit of a, a freak show when he was there. Uh, you know, I'm I'm just I just would like to see a new chain or a new coach who who we could grab. Who could say? I mean, who, who's around? But and the injuries. What is going on with that? You know, all this yoga and the scientific computerized and all this other stuff mm-hmm. they were doing. Like, what has changed? Nothing. Injuries are, are, are still a key factor with this team. Yeah, and, and you know what? Injuries are just a part of football. It just happens that with this team, for whatever reason, um, just can't shake the injury bug. Yeah, but there, there must be something going on. Do you remember when Ronnie, Lan- Ronnie Lancaster was coach? They did not hit in training camp. I don't know if the Cats – I know they hit at training camp because I, I went to a, a couple of practices. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what they do uh, through the week – like in the regular season, are they hitting at practices or not? But Ronnie Lancaster never, never ha- had hitting, right during training camp or, or or in practices. And I don't think the injuries were, were as great when he was right. uh, when he was here. Like I, I'm really tired of this of this uh, this this whole Austin regime, and he's always you know coming across as the smartest guy in the room, and I I, I think it's wearing thin. And, and I'm concerned in terms of, of, of attendance. I mean, who's going to go to the game next week? I'm not going. And, you know, and I know the Tiger Cats, they talk about, oh, it's a sellout, it's a sellout. But, you know, a blind man can see that it's, there's thousands of empty seats game in, game out. And, you know, who, who's going to go to watch this? I mean, Zach Caleros looks like a deer in headlights out there. You know, I, I, I wonder if he, is, if he is the guy we think he is. You know, last week against, or the, a couple of weeks back against the Argos, he's coming off the uh, off the field yelling at, at at his coach. I mean, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm a bit concerned about it, about that sort of an attitude. Hmm. Do, you know, do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Something doesn't smell right with this football team, and I think it's it's not just one issue. And we'll continue to dissect that uh, throughout the show uh, tonight, and I'm it, sure from exactly. from weeks to come. Jack, appreciate exactly. the call. Well, thank you for being there, Rick, and uh, God love you, and I'll uh, I'll listen to you again next week. You got it. Thanks, Jack. Okay, bye. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. When we come back, more of your calls, your emails, your tweets. We have Sean, Ian, and Darcy on the line. Guys, we're going to be back in two minutes. We'll get to you next here on the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML. Welcome back. Yeah, fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML brought to you by Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Saskatchewan 37, Hamilton 20, the Tiger Cats 0-2. They are just one of two winless ball clubs in the Canadian Football League this season, the other being the defending champion Ottawa Red Blacks. We'll recap the standings as uh, we... Uh, uh, lurch through week three of the CFL season. Hamilton's next game is their home opener uh, next Saturday, one week from today, 
uh, actually it is Sunday today, but one week from yesterday, I guess technically, uh, Saturday, July 15th, uh, 7.30 p.m. start time. Uh, 905-645-3221, star 9900 if you want to chime in on tonight's Tiger Cats defeat at the new Mosaic Stadium, which, by the way, looks like a fantastic facility. Uh, we're voting for our player of the game tonight. A couple of votes in, both for Kevin Glenn, and uh, we will also name our fifth quarter fan of the night as well. Two things I do want to identify is this offense really has no rhythm at this point. Through two games, they just don't have any kind of flow. Um, whether it's the offensive line or Caleros missing some of his key receivers or whatever the case is, the play calling, uh, thus the defense on the field for too long, and they get torched. And the other point I want to make is this team is, and we've seen this in the past as well, extremely undisciplined. I mean, never mind the 15 penalties tonight for 187 yards. What in the world is Will Hill thinking by grabbing an official and getting ejected? I mean, really, is it worth it? Your team just gave up a touchdown. Have a conversation with the official. Yeah, you can have an argument with him, but you can't grab him by the collar. And Brandon Banks coming off the sideline to aid one of his teammates? Like, hello? There's players and officials on the field to protect your teammates. There's no need whatsoever to run on the field from the sideline to protect a teammate. Unless someone is swinging a helmet at your teammate, I can understand that. But it wasn't like his teammate was in danger. Go through the scoring summary in a matter of minutes. We'll go through the stats as well, but I want to get to your phone calls. We have Darcy, Ian, and Sean. We will begin with Sean here in the fifth quarter. Hey, Sean, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Rick? Not too bad, not too bad. What's going on? Uh, well, I just wanted to, to chime in on what you were asking about what would be the number one thing to correct. Yeah. I think, as fans, we don't really care what happens on second down as long as we get off the field. That This is a problem. You mean defensively? Yes, okay, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the stats, Saskatchewan had uh, 28 second down attempts and gained 293 yards. See. Ten and a half yards on second down. Wow. Just awful. <laughs> that is brutal. So I don't care how we get off the field on second down defensively. Let's just get off if it's the backs. I don't really care. <laughs> and I think all Cats fans would agree about that. Yes, definitely. And um, just wanted to comment on the schedule. Now, I, I'm not a pessimist by nature, but... <laughs> I know where you're going with this. The next six games, I think, will will tell the tale of the season. Absolutely to me. Well, let's run through those next six games. They're at home to BC. Right. They're at home to Edmonton. Right. Then back-to-back in Calgary and Edmonton. And uh, I, has Bo Levi eventually even lost at home, Rick? Uh, I think he's lost at home. I think he's lost at McMahon. It's going to be really hard to win that game. But he's only lost, I think, like seven games in seven his CFL career. It's just ridiculous. Career. So, I mean, I'm not a doubter, but that, that one looks like a tough one, yeah. especially on the road in Calgary. And then the two just before the bye week uh, is at home to Winnipeg and at home to Ottawa. So you, and, have, you and, have BC, Edmonton, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Ottawa. And, and uh, in, in the past, as we've seen, Winnipeg and Ottawa play us really tough. I mean, those are just two tough football teams. Mm-hmm. And um, and then, I, and then you know what? At the start of the season, I I I can almost guarantee that 
99.9% of Ticats fans uh, were thinking, you know, this team's going to be 2-0. and Definitely. I thought so. I thought, so did I. <laughs> I thought the first game was definitely a win. And I thought, you know, even if we lose the first game, the second game in Saskatchewan, it, it, we've just got more talent than they do. Let's be honest. And, yeah, it didn't, it didn't show tonight, that's for sure. Oh, no, not, not at all. And uh, I, I would give the player of the, the game to uh, Roosevelt. I mean, Name and Roosevelt. Yeah, he had a great game. Yeah, and uh, him and Carter as playmakers, I don't think Saskatchewan is going to be a rollover this year, Rick. No, not like last year. They have, they have a lot more talent compared to last year. I just I got the sense coming into this season, I, th- I still think this might still be the fact, is that because they have so many new guys that they're going to take time to come together as a team, but a victory like this... Uh, especially at home, I think is a, a huge confidence boost. Definitely, definitely. And uh, I, I think uh, Chris Jones, given a little time, might be able to take that team to a great cup. You never know. Yeah, I don't see it this year, but maybe in maybe in a future year, that's for sure. Yep, definitely. Thanks a lot. Hey, Sean, appreciate the call. Have a good weekend. You too, sir. Thank you very much. You're listening to the fifth quarter here on AM 900 CHML. Don't forget, you can download the fifth quarter podcast on iTunes. You can also find it on our website at 900CHML.com. We're nominating our player of the game. We will anoint our fifth quarter fan of the night just before 2 a.m. Thank you very much for sticking around in the wee hours of a Sunday morning following a 37-20 Ticats loss to the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders at new Mosaic Stadium. Ian has called in in the fifth quarter. Ian, how are you? Pretty good, yourself? Not too bad. Thanks for staying up late and uh, chiming in on your thoughts on tonight's ball game. What do you got? I got up a few hours on the Jays game tomorrow. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sanchez bobblehead day. Oh, geez. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I don't know, going from one loser to another. But anyways, um, this is a comedy of errors. Um, this is what a third year in a row we haven't had a secondary. Um, I don't know how many years it's going to take to get a secondary. Um, yeah, we got injuries, blah blah blah, all that stuff. But I mean, it was it was it was pretty bad. I mean, all Glenn had to do was just throw the ball, and Saskatchewan's catching it. I think their D line is putting pressure, um, but they can only hold that for so long. Uh, now you probably I don't know if cause you went in Saskatchewan, but uh, you probably were in Toronto. But the O line is it the O line? Or is the receivers that like Calaris can't get the ball up? Because it looks like that he's getting pressure, he can't move, or he can't get his feet set. Or when he gets them set, he's got no one to throw it to. And he's, like, running for his life. So it's, it's one of the two that's going on there. And, and there's a couple more things. Ever since Condell left, our offense has died. Like, the, 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 the uniqueness to it, the... the uh, um, surprise part of it. I mean, Claris just can't get the ball off. So there's something going on with that. And, and you're one of your callers mentioned earlier, I think Austin may be coming to the end of his rope with Hamilton. Um, Banks, you can get rid of him. The teams have figured him out. When's the last time he had one back? Or at least one back for a half-decent return. He's, he's on his way out. Uh, I think so. But uh, I don't know. I think we're in just bad, bad shape. I'm hoping that, you know, you know, two years ago we peaked way too early, halfway through the year where we're like 9-1 or something, and then all of a sudden we just went downhill. I'm just hoping we're like sort of the team that does really poorly at the beginning of the year and then all of a sudden they start to gel 
and start peaking at the right time. We've seen that in past years, certainly, or, you know, the first half of the season has been almost a write-off, and they kind of rally in the second half and find their way in a playoff spot and maybe win a game or two, and, and uh, you know, the rest is history. But, but look, look, look at most of the teams. They're not that great. Most of the teams they're not that great. No, I mean, yeah, you, ha- not that great. you have not that yeah, great. you have three. I- not that great. Uh, BC did, has not impressed me that much yet. Saskatchewan's not that The only one is maybe, and even Calgary isn't all that impressive. To me, there's three elite teams in the CFL. Uh, there is Calgary. I am putting uh, BC in that category, and I am putting Edmonton in that category. I would I would put Ottawa in that category. I just don't think they're consistent enough. Um, and Edmonton might fall off the rails because the injury bugs kind of bit them. But uh, you know, I'll, I'll take Calgary each and every week to to show up and, and win a ball game. They're they're uh, amazingly coached. They have a lot of talent, uh, a ton of returning guys. They have that Grey Cup pedigree. They've been there, done that. They've won it. Um, I think they're a fantastic football club. But back to your back to your uh, Caleros O line receiver question. I do want to address that. I think it begins and ends with the offense. You know, John Salavanis for years, and I think still does it to this day, says your offense is only as good as your offensive line. If your quarterback cannot set, if he's not protected, if he can't step up into the pocket, if he can't do what he has to do, there's no chance. And I see that time and time again. We saw it in game one. We saw it here tonight too. Caleros. If that pocket is collapsing, he's either stepping back and is 10 to 12 yards behind the line of scrimmage because guys are in his face, or he's rushing towards the sideline because, again, guys are in his face and throwing on the run. He doesn't have the time or the space to do what he has to do. We saw a couple of instances tonight where he did have that pocket presence, so to speak, that area to step up and throw the deep ball. Uh, or pinpoint a receiver, but I think it, it starts and ends without a, without a line. If if Caleros cannot do, if he's not allowed to do what he has to do, they don't have a shot. Don't have a shot. You bring in the backup. Uh, I don't know. I just forgot his name for some reason. Jeremiah Masoli. Uh, Smollett, because he's the one that can scramble. Like I mean, he'll get out of that pocket. Not Caleros. I don't know. We're you're going to see the Caleros going down. There's something's going to have to happen unless. You know, uh, Austin deals with this, and he'll let him go. <laughs> you know, that can't be tolerated at all. Yeah. And nor can what uh, this is Banks' is what third offense of doing something extremely stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Well, public education was very good to him, but uh, uh, yeah, it's time for it's time for both of them to. I think mean, I think we can trade Banks. Well, there's certainly teams that would want him. That's for sure. Ian, who's your player of the game tonight? I'm going to give it to the 13th man. Okay. Uh, yeah, they were loud they, tonight. They, they put, I mean, I'm just watching by TSN saying uh, Claro's going to get a lot of his calls out because um, apparently that stadium's beautiful. It looks like an NFL stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, really loud. So I'll give it to the 13th man. Good pick. Thanks a lot, Ian. Cheers. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. You can email rick at 900chml.com. Before we go to our next break, let's go back to the lines. And Darcy's on the line holding patiently. Darcy, how are you? Hey, Rick, how you doing? Good. Welcome yeah, to the fifth I, quarter. I, I definitely have to agree with you on the, on the offensive line point, but it's the same old, same old story with this team that lasts since Kent's been here. Uh, injuries, penalties, and no flow at all. But th- this year's really hit him hit the telltale, like uh, the offensive line, uh, Caleros 
they're not they're not protecting. However, it's the same story. Like all all the teams in the league know his offense. All they got to do is rush, and uh, that's why Caleros can't set. He's running for his life. It's it's until that's never going to change in Hamilton because that's Kent's uh, protocol. But uh, I, I agree with you in one sense. But let's not forget the first half of 2015, the the year before Caleros went down with the ACL. The Tiger Cats were embarrassing other teams. I mean, their offense was that explosive. Their defense was was that amazing. And they had great special teams. They were absolutely smashing other teams. He went down, and ever since, this team has been one win, two losses, two wins, two losses, really up and down, inconsistent, injury-riddled, no discipline, lack of flow offensively and defensively. Yeah, but I think, like like a lot of your college mentioned, too, that has to do with personnel and coaches sure, yeah. like Condell's gone, and they, their personnel has changed totally since then. Yep. And um, with regards to uh, injuries, like the secondary, right, we got all rookies in there right now, and uh, um, we got uh, Butler, uh, Emmanuel Davis, and the guy we signed from Ottawa. I don't know when they're if they're ever when they're coming back or what the situation is, but um, I, I just see on both sides of the ball, I see other teams knowing Hamilton's offense rush. We're just going to rush the hell out of you. And with regards to uh, Reinbold's defense, definitely, definitely different uh, schemes from Orlando Steinhauer. Mm-hmm. He's, he substitutes a lot, I think too much. Yeah, he's going to a three-man front. He went to a three-man front when uh, they were uh, Saskatchewan was down on the goal line. Kevin Glenn just ran it in. I don't, I, I don't understand that call. And uh, he, um, he, he just uh, blitzes a lot, like a lot. And uh, it's almost like... It's vanilla on both sides, really. Like it's 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 discombobulated. It's 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 coaching, and I agree with a lot of your callers. I think Kent's shelf life is is up, and uh, like most coaches and professional have a shelf life, and I think his is up and over. And uh, I just don't see any positives, to be honest. Like um, look at Kevin Glenn tonight. I know he's been in the league a long time, but they they do bubble screens. They run the ball. I don't know what his final stats were, but uh, they were pretty good. <laughs> just destroyed them, and last week Ricky Ray threw for 500 yards. So, in our schedule coming up, like you said, it doesn't get any easier. I don't see it getting any better. Yeah, Glenn. Glenn, uh, Glenn completed uh, 32 of 43 passes for 74 percent, 380 yards, two passing touchdowns. He did have that pick six, uh, but also ran for two TDs. Not a bad night. Yeah, yeah well, Kevin Glenn looked pretty damn good, and uh, I know he's a wily vet, and. Uh, I, I, he would look good in Hamilton right now, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I, it, I'm just lost for words. It's just, uh, it's, it's. I don't, I don't really see any magic coming in or, or any, uh, any um, magic players coming in to fix this problem. It, it's a combination of. It boils down to coaching, and that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it's, it's pretty. It, it doesn't look good. And, and I just wanted to add one more thing. I really miss miss you doing the play by play. Thanks. And I, I know that's uh, when you used to do it because the, anyway, the guy on the other line when you used to call touchdowns. Did you say Tiger Cats? Tight touchdown Tiger Cats. Uh, it was touchdown touchdown Cats. Yeah, I I don't understand the guy. I I rarely listen, but he says touchdown Tiger Cat Nation, which I think sounds so corny and kind of dumb to be honest hmm. anyway i just miss you doing the play-by-play you're doing a great job and appreciate thanks a lot. it appreciate it who's your uh player of the game uh kevin glenn all the way kevin glenn awesome darcy appreciate the call enjoy the weekend 
905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. You can email rick at 900chml.com. We're all over Twitter, at Rick Samprin, at am900chml. We have a number of tweets and a number of emails to get to, and we'll get to those after we take another break. You're listening to The Fifth Quarter on am900chml. Hey, welcome back. The Ticats now 0-2 on the season after a 37-20 defeat at the hands of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on, uh, well, Saturday. And uh, now it is uh, Hamilton's home opener a week from, uh, well, yesterday, <laughs> uh, Saturday, July 15th, 7.30 p.m. start time at Tim Hortons Field as they welcome the BC Lions to uh, the donut box. Uh, email from Anthony. Rick, it's a long season, but losing this one is tough. The offense is anemic at best. Time to regroup for BC at home. Uh, Randy chimes in with an email. I'm losing sleep before and after this one. Lots of problems with the Cats, 0-2. Main thing that comes to mind is, how is it that the other teams are loaded with former successful Tiger Cats and Hamilton keeps losing key players? Virtually every team is benefiting from former key Cats players. I failed to see what exactly was done with player personnel during the offseason. The entire defense, especially on the right side, are CFL rookies. Caleros is running for his life out there. Tonight, I feel officiating for both teams was a factor involving bad calls. This season is starting to worry me. I just don't see much productivity currently or with the roster as it is. The injuries are also a large factor for the Tabbies. I am reluctant, but my player of the game is Kevin Glenn. He tossed a few nice donuts for Sask receivers. Consideration also to Naaman Roosevelt for Sask. Uh, the defensive ends for Sask played well. Uh, a rough game for Will Hill. Ross Scheuermann holds promise, but I feel C.J. Gable still has the potential. Bakari Grant also burned us tonight. I'm going to have a recurring nightmare of, uh, of the previous times when the Ticats went 1-17. and I hope that's not the case here. This game was a stinker. Ottawa did us no favors against Toronto tonight as Ottawa lost by one point. By the way, nice new stadium there in Sask. Yet the season is young, and I will be cheering loud at the home game next week. The Cats may have lost tonight, but the fifth quarter is always a winner. The best. Good night. Wreck that email from Randy from Oakville. Back to the phone. Dan from Stony Creek on the line. Dan, thanks for calling the fifth quarter. Go ahead. Hi, how are you, Rick? Thanks Good, how are you? Oh, a little ticked off at uh, Mr. Austin tonight. I have a couple of questions for you. Okay. When Roosevelt got hit way down by the goal line there in the third quarter, could Ken Austin not have challenged that as it was a shoulder hit, not a helmet hit? This was the devastating blow dealt to Naaman Roosevelt by Courtney Stephen that you're talking about, and he was called for basically hitting a defenseless receiver. It was an uncatchable football, I guess they claimed. I thought the hit was completely fine. I mean, what else is Courtney Stevens supposed to do? That's my point. Yeah, but yeah, the fact of the matter is that Ken Austin could not throw a challenge to say, hey, that shouldn't have been a penalty. Okay. Now, why is Mr. Brandon Banks catching a ball 15 yards deep in the end zone when you don't touch the ball it runs out? It's no point. Yeah, I have no idea. So, I mean, this is all coaching stuff. We don't need a running back because all Kent wants is another blocker. Yeah. And that's what I, and that's what I thought we had an offensive line for. So my player of the game is to the Saskatchewan Waterboy. And, Mr. Austin, what kind of seat do you want? A window seat or an aisle seat? Thanks. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dan. 
This is the fifth quarter. It's brought to you by Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Uh, probably one of the more creative calls on the fifth quarter. You can chime in with your thoughts at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. Rick at 900chml.com is the email address at Rick Samprin at am900chml. A couple more emails to get to. This one from... Uh, Dave, who says, uh, no one answering tonight, keeps going to mailbox, no imagination on offense, lots of troubles. Uh, And Alan emails, uh, hey Rick, it's Alan from St. Catharines. Uh, This game was awful. Where do I start? Our offensive line, especially Jordan Swindle, was being ripped apart by Saskatchewan's defense. The pocket was collapsing on Caleros all night. They need a better tackle. If Swindle is it, we're in trouble. I thought Jalen Saunders played well, along with Ross Scheuermann. Uh What's with Brandon Banks pushing players into the referee? Luckily, he wasn't ejected from the game. As for the defense, it's evident we're missing Orlando Steinauer. Deron Carter's touchdown was bad. Adrian Tracy was still walking off the field during that play. Uh, this is all on Jeff Reinbold. We're not even ready to play. Uh, Will Hill's hands on the referee was unacceptable. We're not disciplined. Jeff Reinbold is not a defensive coach. He's good at special teams, but Jeff is not the guy. Orlando would mix it up. It doesn't help that Abdul Kane and Emmanuel Davis are injured, and Craig Butler is as well. That changes the backfield a lot. Put them back in there, and we would look a lot better. The coaching, though, on defense scares me. We were not playing well, and procedure calls in offense were bad. If we don't get help at tackle on offense, I see an injury again on Caleros this year. He's not getting time, and it's evident the pressure makes him non-existent. Now on to BC next week. Yikes. I see 0-3 coming. That email from Allen. A lot of good points there from Allen. Although I will say this about Jeff Reinbold. I am a big fan of Reinbold's. I think he's a great player's coach. Um, I think he needs the help from the injury department and getting some guys back. But they need to find an answer on defense. They need to do something different. And whatever that something is, it has to be a lot better than what they're doing. Because what they're doing now is clearly not good enough. You know, when you allow Ricky Ray to throw for 506 yards in week one, and then watch Kevin Glenn torch you for 380 in week two, something's got to give. Something's got to change. Jeff on Twitter, at Rick Samprin. Here's a a flurry of tweets coming at you here. Uh, Jeff tweets, uh, going to bed before the fifth quarter tonight. Think I already know what's going to be said. Have fun, Rick. Oh, I'm having a dandy time. (laughs) Michael tweets, Ticats now 0-2. Saw a few bright spots, but mainly stupid penalties. Uh, Another Jeff on Twitter, at Habcat is his uh, handle. I think the Cats might be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs now. Manny tweets. Uh, Also, does Potasic really call plays? Look like Austin's still calling plays on TV. Zach, not the same without Tommy Condell. That's a recurring theme tonight on the show. Uh, We were told that Stefan Potasic was going to be calling the plays this season, but I get the sense that maybe Kent Austin says, ah, you know what, let me take that over. Let me do it again. Michael tweeting uh, at Rick Samprin, uh, way too early to declare it long season in response to being the mathematically eliminated. I think it was just a fun jab. Uh, David on Twitter, at Rick Samprin, uh, in terms of who was his player of the game, no one, they stunk, tweets David. Anthony's vote is for Chris Williams. Uh Uh-oh. 
<laughs> There's another former Thai cat. That one uh, under very different circumstances, though. Uh, Mark on Twitter, my player of the game is the gal who made my froyo tonight. That was the highlight. KG for the riders. We'll give Kevin Glenn another official vote. Although the gal who made the froyo sounds pretty interesting. Michael tweets, uh, plenty wrong with this team. Caleros isn't one of them. Hashtag fifth quarter. Scott tweeting, hi, Rick. Once again, a poor offensive effort with a subpar defense. Too many penalties. No excuse by Hill. Player of the game, Glenn. Bruce with a couple of tweets. Penalties, once again, a major problem. It's only two games. Let's look ahead to next Sunday and our home opener. Player of the game, me, Bruce, uh, 13th man for staying up. Well, that's a good one. 13th man for the Ticats. Ticats fans staying up all night, listening to me blabber on about this 0-2 ball club. That's a good vote. Uh, I sent out a tweet earlier about uh, Bakari Grant as well. I think this is the fact. Uh, I wrote, even though he now wears Rider Nation green, there's still a lot of Ticats fans who love Bakari Grant. He just gave me a couple of, uh, I guess, fist bumps and a yes, sir. Uh, Joe replies to that, uh, forever a Ticat in my heart. Uh, Bakari Grant, one of those one of those guys that you just, you just pull for it. You know, stand-up guy. Talented individual, has passion for playing this game, and uh, and just gives it his all. He doesn't take plays off. Those are the kind of guys I want on my team. No doubt about it. When we come back, we'll go through the scoring summary. We will, uh, unless somebody else calls in or tweets or emails with the player of the game, we will name our player of the game. We will also anoint, we will crown our fifth quarter fan of the night. Don't forget the fifth quarter podcast. You can download it. On iTunes, you can check out this show and past shows at 900CHML.com as well. Final thoughts coming up. Scoring summary as well. This is the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML. Welcome back. Rick Samprin here on the fifth quarter. Brought to you by Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. I want to thank all the callers and emailers and tweeters who uh, chimed in tonight because, uh, you know, when I... When I host these late-night shows, and we'll have one in you know several weeks' time for the Stampeders game and the Eskimos game, certainly the BC Lions game, I think that's going to be a 2 a.m. start time. Uh, you know, hearing from fans at this hour of the night uh, is amazing, especially the ones who take time to uh, to call and and uh, have uh, you know uh, uh, discussions about uh, the, the team and the players and the people that they love on the field. Uh, so thanks to Milsey, Jack, Sean, Ian, Darcy, and Dan. Uh, for chiming in uh, tonight. Uh, stay tuned. Our player of the game, our fifth quarter fan of the night, will be named in a matter of minutes. Let's go through the scoring summary if you missed any part of tonight's ball ballgame. Uh, Sergio Castillo um, actually opened the scoring for the Rough Riders after he conceded a safety about five minutes into the ball game. Uh, Justin Rogers gave the Tiger Cats a 7-2 to lead when he returned a uh, Kevin Glenn interception 110 yards for touchdown. That is the third longest interception return for a TD in Ticats history, the longest being 119 yards by Lewis Porter back in 1973. Kevin Glenn um, got on the board for the uh, Rough Riders with a six-yard touchdown run, making it 9-7 for the Riders. Kent Austin actually threw the challenge flag before this touchdown 
Uh, but no official saw it, amazingly enough. Uh, he thought that Rob Bag didn't have control of the ball on a catch before he went out of bounds. But uh, the play stood. Uh, Riders got into the end zone. They had the lead. Second quarter action, Tyler Crepena hit a 45-yard field goal, followed by Sergio Castillo's 30-yard trifecta. It was 12-10 for the Riders. They went up 19-10 just before halftime. Kevin Glenn to Bakari Grant, a 14-yard scoring strike. In that quarter, the Cats lost both Simone Lawrence and Mike Filer to leg injuries. Both of those players, though, um, returned in the third quarter. Glenn to Deron Carter, an 8-yard TD, uh, gave Saskatchewan a 26-10 lead, and they were off to the races. Um, after that, Will Hill was ejected for grabbing an official, and that was the right call. They should have thrown him out, no doubt about it. Uh, Crepinia with a kickoff single. He kicked off from the Ticats' 40-yard line after 35 yards and penalties against the Cats. Uh, Castillo back on the board for the Ticats, a 39-yard field goal. It made it uh, 27-13 for the Riders. Caleros to Junior Collins, finally, with 2.24 left in the third quarter tonight. The Ticats scored their first offensive touchdown of 2017. It made it to 27-20 for the Riders, but that's as close as uh, Hamilton would get. Crepinia from 32 yards, and Glenn on a one-yard touchdown run made it 37-20 for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Our player of the game tonight, as voted by you, the fans, Kevin Glenn. I thought he was wonderful tonight. 380 passing yards. He was 32 of 43. Two touchdown tosses. He had an interception as well, uh, but he also ran for two TDs. He had four carries for 12 yards. Caleros, by the way, 19 of 34, 189 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jalen Saunders, the leading pass catcher for the Cats, six receptions for 78 yards. Roosevelt for the Riders, 10 receptions for 167 yards. He was amazing as well. Our fifth quarter fan of the night tonight is Sean. Thank you very much, Sean, for your uh, uh, analysis and insight and thoughts tonight. You're our fifth quarter fan of the night. And a big thumbs up to producer Ben Strawn on the other side of the glass. His first official fifth quarter now in the books, all in about 20 seconds' time. My name's Rick Samprin. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back after the Ticats host the BC Alliance Saturday, July 15th at 7.30 p.m. at Tim Hortons Field. We will be on the air following that game, taking your thoughts about Tiger Cats football. You're listening to the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML.